Just a quick announcement. Uh, this podcast is actually coming out before voting begins on Twitter. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so if you want right now, you can go on Twitter and vote for one of our next three games. Uh, the game options are Maten Densetsu Senrizo no Uparts, which it looks like a Shin Megami Tensei esque RPG Japan only, but it's got English menus. Uh, then there's the Brainies. I don't know what that is. And then there's Corn Buster, which is an unreleased game that I also don't know what it is. Anyway, go vote now. The Twitter is at Snexploration. That's S-N Exploration. And other than that, please enjoy our very special Christmas episode. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is also not real. She is a dream that our heart wished for. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> All right. That's going. That's the first line. Yep. <laughs> That's the first line. Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad bonus Christmas episode. Normally, every week we select three games at random, and you get to vote on which one we play, but we didn't do that this week. We're just playing a Christmas game. Uh, normally, we also use the five standardized metrics for scoring a video game, but we're not doing that either, because fuck it. It's Christmas. Uh, so yeah, so we, we played a different game. I am your host, Virtuous Clint. I am your co-host, Christmas Rice. And today we are joined by... It's me, Santa Shrug, bringing you Shrug gifts this holiday season. The gift is shrugs. The gift is indifference. <laughs> and sometimes nubs. The gift that keeps on giving. I don't have anything clever to say, so I always feel I screwed up after I have to follow up hilarious antics. You can tell they're hilarious by all the mirth in my voice. There's a lot of mirth. Did you even say your name, or did it cut out when you said your name? <laughs> oh, it must have cut out. Tulpa. <laughs> All right, thanks, Tulpa. <laughs> uh, I am Moon Pantaloons, Virtuous Clint's sister, and I am bad at both video games and Christmas, so this is a great decision. It's the Internet's favorite salaryman, Sakurina, and I am bad at life. All right, great. And so this week we played... One of, what, two Christmas-themed games on the Super Nintendo. It's called Days Before Christmas, and Days is spelled D-A-Z-E, because why not? Uh, it was developed by a Norwegian company called Funcom, and it was published by Sunsoft. Uh, it was released in 1994 in Europe and Australia only. Uh, it, it was also released on the Sega Genesis, but only in Australia. So that's weird. I, nobody knows why. Anyway, uh, it's a platformer starring Santa Claus and his dark personality, Anti-Claus? Anti-Claus, whatever. Um, <laughs> I asked everyone to play an hour or so, because whatever. Uh, but I guess how long did you play? How far did you get? Uh, I played it all the way through. It took me about an hour and a half. Uh, does anyone know if an Anti-Claus is like a legal term? Can I be sued for this? <laughs> I think what my theory is that uh, if Santa Claus and Anti Claus ever meet, then then Christmas is uh, erased from history. Oh God, I gotta make that happen. <laughs> I guess which means Jesus was never born. That's weird. Jesus is Anti Claus. Fuck. 
I played through Russia. Russia got their presents. I was making Christmas presents this morning and forgot I had a video game to play. Whoops. Shrug, did you make knives for everyone again? I made a knife for my mother. Aww. A mother knife. Well, you haven't seen it. So don't go making value judgments yet. It's shit. Well, that's just a good way to, um, like, keep her from hurting others. Yeah, if you make it really dull and not knife-shaped. Well, if you make it really dull, it's more dangerous than if it was sharp. Is that true? That is the common wisdom, yes. Um... If a, a sharp knife will cut easily, a dull knife you have to put more uh, English onto, and you uh, will end up overcutting and hurting yourself potentially. Oh, okay. I was not even thinking in terms of uh, potentially hurting yourself while trying to cut extra hard. I have only ever used knives to stab people, so the dullness didn't register with me <laughs> welcome to the super knife explorations where we talk about knives and i host talpa merry knife miss everyone <laughs> oh yeah curry's forgetting the the number one uh rule of knife safety which is cut towards yourself for the safety of others it's true <laughs> how am i going to stab someone if i'm cutting towards myself well if they're behind you i guess you have to stab through your body. Okay, that makes sense. I have to stab the the target within myself. Yes, that's metal as hell. All right, it's the um, enemy. Yeah, I. I oh, Topo's here. Yes, <laughs> and I played this game for about an hour, and I finished it better than Curry Rice. Also, I hated this game, but I will talk only positively about it during this podcast. No. I'm proud of you yes. for figuring out Christmas how to play miracle. A pet game. You should you should talk shit about it because there are no Christmas miracles. That's what I've learned in my life. Anyway, sorry, I'm done. And that's the knife's edge. Uh, I played for about half an hour last night when I got back from my holiday party at work, except I was super drunk and I didn't remember anything about the game this morning. So I played it again for another half hour. So I guess that adds up to an entire hour. Um, but uh, yesterday I got stuck on the flooding basement level and today I made it one level further. So progress was made. That's exactly how far I made it as well, but I was not drunk when I was playing it for the first half, so there's really no excuse for that. So you were drunk for the latter half is what I'm getting from that. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm drunk all the time, but I didn't really want that to come out on the podcast. Thanks, Clint. Sorry. It's just just habit that I talk about your drunkenness. <laughs> all right. I, I played hour and a half. I finished the game. Um, so about the same as, as curry, as Christmas rice. Uh, yeah, so we got to, a couple of us got to the end. Yay! Christmas! It's Christmas miracle. Um, 
Yeah, so we're not doing any categories today. So, the, actually, I wrote in my script, we're not doing any categories today because it's fucking Christmas. Uh, so, Merry fucking Christmas, everyone. Um, what do we think about this game? This this wonderful game? It's bad. Yeah, I mean, other than it, it's kind of bad. <laughs> there are rats that are Batman-themed in it. Is this is this an Amiga game? It no. looks like it. But I don't think it is. I think it's just Norwegian. Funcom is well known for a whole bunch of games over the years, and I guess this must have been one of their first games. It feels very much like a first game. Yeah, I was actually... Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was actually thinking that as I played this. I'm like, some of the decisions here feel like, like something you would make without really thinking them through. Like, the the big thing... Okay, so it's a platformer, primarily, and you're Santa Claus, but Santa's got a gun because he can shoot ice magic and sometimes fire magic at enemies, um, and then the enemies turn into presents, because why the fuck not? Um, no, it's just... It, it's just mad wrapping paper. He just wraps people up. Oh, so he's wrapping... Okay, because that the second segment, this has present-delivering segments as well. So if he's wrapping up these electrified mice and evil cars and then delivering them directly to children, he's essentially pulling a nightmare before Christmas. So that's terrible. Yeah. Did you guys not shoot the presents? Oh, and there's presents you can shoot, too. And sometimes the presents have good things, and sometimes they have more bad guys, and then you rewrap them into presents and collect those as well, which is weird. Oh, yes, I forgot about the dropped blue presents. My mistake, sorry. No, I no. thought that you were going to say there was something else that happens when you shoot a blue present. But that, that would be, would be a surprising. Lie. Yeah, no, that would be a lie. You have to prime your butt stomp. Santa does not auto butt stomp. You have to like press the attack and and jump buttons in midair, and he assumes a somewhat suggestive pose, uh, looking down between his spread legs at his target, and uh, that's when you know you can butt stomp something, a la Mario. That's yes, when you become a Mario. That's when the uh, the mode seven graphics kick in. Does. Does Santa count as a licensed game? Because I'm looking at Funcom's previous uh, gameography, and uh, does count as a licensed game. They did not make uh, an original uh, an original uh, game until 1999. They spent their first five years just making uh, crap. Did you just transform Tulpa? <laughs> Yes, uh, my wife's phone is near me, and she uses a Sailor Moon sound effect for text messages. Or your magical girl, Tulpa. Hi, Tulpa wife. Yeah, I'm going to transform my name into magical girl Tulpa. Thanks. Perfect. I think it's definitely uh, accepted that this is a licensed game because they got Santa's permission to make it because Santa is real. Oh yeah, for for any of you kids listening, Santa is real. Yes, the end. And he will crush you with his butt. Can you? I didn't know you could do that in this game. I didn't know you could butt stomp. Santa is real, and you cannot trust the police. Yeah, you can do a butt stomp, and it's more effective than anything else. Wait, is there a butt stomp? Yeah. 
What the hell? Yeah, I feel a lot better about not knowing that because I definitely did not know I could bloodstock. My god, that does make me better at this game than Tulpa because I didn't use all the tools. (laughs) No, see, it still makes me better because I was able to find all the tools. I wasn't ignorant like some people. I went through this game with 0.5 times A presses. (laughs) <laughs> Look, you're both the true gamer in my heart, okay? <laughs> I also pressed the A button once by accident. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> okay, so you could butt stomp. That changes everything. You could turn into anti-claws. There's a weird little thing with anti-claws because it's kind of like getting a star in Mario, but you, you change your... Uh, projectile wrapping for just smashing people with your bag. But then when you, if you smash them with the bag, you don't get a present. So it makes sense that that is projectile wrapping. So that's fine. So anti-claws is a punishment, isn't it? Like, there's no actual benefit to being anti-claws. You are invincible. It is a a really weirdly, uh, like, designed power-up. Cause like, it does give you invincibility, but that's about the only thing good. Because, the like, there are... Well, no, I wouldn't even call the rest of it a benefit. You can't use your magic, you can attack, and you're invincible, but you could already attack, and you can't open presents. And I don't know if the physics are any different. I don't think they are. The physics in this are just really odd. Is the jaunty anti-claws tune one of the other benefits? That is the m- biggest benefit. Good. Thank you for reminding me. I felt like they were put in really weird places, too. Like, you would get your anti-claws thing right before you have to stand there and wait for a platform to descend so you can jump on it. So it was, like, a waste of your invincible time. Yes, exactly. I remember that. I, it was definitely, like, they did not fully think out where they were putting these. Or maybe they did, and then they had to change the level afterwards and forgot about it or didn't bother or something. Also, why is it coffee? Like, are they making some sort of statement about the evils of caffeine? I'm pretty sure that's a fucking hot toddy. <laughs> I, I interpreted that yeah. as hot chocolate, personally, but... Well, the, the Wikipedia said it was coffee, uh, but I guess that's probably not based on anything real. There's some mention it's of what it tradition. is. Oh, <laughs> say that again, Tulpa. Maybe it's a Norwegian tradition to drink coffee before Christmas. And then go... Uh, like, yep. Okay, never mind. Drink coffee before Christmas and go out into the streets bashing uh, children's toys with your uh, sack full of uh, children. Thank you. Did anyone get to a level with uh, ghosts? Yes. Yes, the ghosts were weird. I, uh, okay, so I have a little funny story about that, is that when I was running into those ghosts, um... I took a screenshot of them, and this is in true Fatal Frame style. I took a picture of them and then later looked back and realized, oh, these are rat ghosts. But when I was looking at them while playing the game, all I saw was the face of a very gaunt old man with a face sort of like Jim Carrey in the mask. See, okay. See, look at that. Look at those, in those eyes. That's the lips, and above it is the nose. And the ear is the the top half of the head. He's got the long ball chin. It's extremely unsettling. Yeah, that's what I saw, too. I was like, why does he have an eyeball in his mouth? 
So yeah, that's creepy. Is okay now. I get it. Now it's the Norwegians are filthy. Yeah, they love to eat eyeballs. It's boring up there in the winter. (laughs) They eat anything just to keep. I don't know. Stimulated in some way. Is that rat ghost wearing a hat though? Because that's the thing that's confusing me. No, it's his ear. Yeah. Oh fuck! I still can't read that image. Jesus Christ! So the entire time I played um, uh, Legend of Zelda on the Super Nintendo when I was a kid, I was misinterpreting uh, Link's face. The pink part that is like the top of his hat or whatever, I thought was his nose. And then his eyes, I thought was just a gaping mouth. Um, so that's a thing about my life. Oh my God. Uh, I cannot vouch for the rest, but I know the pink is actually his hair. I, I am a fan of the Sprite Link that actually has pink hair. I did not know that. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's better from the side than from the front. Like, if you see a picture of him from the side, then it looks more like the horrific nightmare that I'm explaining. The opening text of the game says that his, uh, says to beware the magic potion that calls Santa's evil twin. Doesn't specify the kind of beverage. I guess. Just calls it a potion. It does say beware it, so I suppose it is intended to be a punishment rather than a power-up, even though it is also invincibility. Yeah, it's really weird. Oh, sorry. So so anti must be Santa. Pick presents all the way to face the foes so bravely and make it through the day. Santa's got to be so anti, brother. I don't... Yeah, I was what? when I read the intro, I was assuming that I was going to eventually fight my evil twin, but then when I realized I turned into my evil twin, I'm like, is this a twin thing? Is it like a DID thing? When I uh, was reading that intro, by the way, I did not know to read it as though it were a poem. So I was just reading it all straight as though it were like one sentence each, and I was extremely thrown <laughs> off by the um like, see, when you don't know there's supposed to be, like, a beat to it, it's all very, very confusing, and it seemed like none of it made any grammatical sense at the time, but clearly I was in a platformer mind and not a reading mind. I did the exact same thing for, like, the first page of it. I'm like, what is going on here? And then eventually I discovered it was supposed to kind of rhyme. Except for the part where it rhymes gone and one. That's yeah. rough, man. So I, I'm going to read the whole intro because why the fuck not? It's Christmas. So g- sit down, <clears throat> get some hot chocolate in front of the fireplace. I'll wait. No, I won't. Uh, and then we'll read you this wonderful Christmas poem. All right, here we go. I'm going to drink this mineral oil. Oh, no, don't do that. You're going you're gonna to lube up your guts and just shit for days. Christmas poop. <laughs> All right. You ready? All right. Only days before Christmas, Santa slept in his house. An evil plot was brewing, cooked up by awful louse. 
The cold and evil snowman scared all the elves away. Timekeepers stole plans from Santa's house that day. But for the vicious louse, this wasn't bad enough. I'm really gonna show him. I'm gonna play rough. He tore the presents open and on them cast a spell. That's when Santa woke up. Something wasn't well. All his elves had vanished, his presents also gone, and threats were awaiting. Surely more than one. Beware the magic potion, calling Santa's evil twin, the angry anti-claws, his fiend from within. So anti must be Santa, pick presents all the way, to face the foe so bravely and make it through the day. Go beat the evil bosses, who's lurking in the dark. Find his sleigh and reindeer, set out to make his mark. Find every stolen present that was unjustly craved. For every kid on the earth, Christmas must be saved. Unjustly craved. Yep. This is some uh, covet thy neighbor shit. It's it's really bad in general, but uh, I, I think particularly, yeah, it's very confusing because it's like, beware anti-claws, but also be anti-claws. And the idea that Santa is like this dude who's like suppressing a deep rage, that's very unsettling. <laughs> well, it's very it's both old. sides of the naughty or nice thing, right? Oh, he contains multitudes. Does that mean evil Santa gives presents only to like... Uh, sociopathic children? Serial no, but killers. like if you open cer certain gifts, there are bombs or enemies in them. So I think like those are the naughty kids' presents, and the good kids get the good presents. And of course, Santa hogs them all for himself in this game. He delivers like one percent of them. <laughs> oh yeah, so there, there's that section of the game where you start delivering uh, gifts to various children, and I think it's London or whatever. And I was really upset because I thought it was going to be a shmup section, and it's not a shmup section at all. You just drop presents into sh chimneys. But the way that you know a chimney is a target is that there is smoke rising from it. So you only drop presents into chimneys where there is a fire. <laughs> that was my thought too yeah and then especially if you're dropping the presents that are bombs that's going to be real dark <laughs> by the way Sakarina, uh what is a shmup if not just a game where a spaceship drops lasers and bullets into enemies well there were no enemies well there were enemies that got in your way but you couldn't actually shoot them and uh, there weren't any real bullets there were just like the bombs you were dropping into people's chimneys. Did you hit? I, oh, go ahead. You're only proving my point. <laughs> <Just> say, <laughs> fuck these children. Have bombs under your chimney. Did 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 anybody hit an enemy with a present? Because it does do something. It bounces off of them into the foreground, and then they're fine. It's really weird. That's some bullshit. I uh, only noticed this with two enemies, because there's only two enemies I ever did this to, but both of them were um, a helicopter and a, um, how do I describe this? A rat with a diesel-powered uh, helicopter backpack. And so it made sense to me that the helicopter blades blew the present away. Okay, because I also hit a helicopter rat. And they so okay. They changed enemies for each. You, you go to what the U.S., uh, London, 
Japan and Russia to deliver presents um, between levels. And each each of them had different enemies, and I was puzzled by some of the selections because London just had helicopters, but then the U.S., I believe, there were footballs flying around. Okay, sure. And also helicopters, sure. But then the aforementioned diesel-powered helicopter rats... Very confusing. And Russia, I believe, had crashing satellites. I couldn't quite pinpoint what that was. You know, Russia and its crashing satellite problem. Isn't that Sputnik? In the 90s. The many, many Sputniks? Sputnik is a ball. You're a ball. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, Sputnik was... I'm a Christmas ball. Ha! Ha! I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but like, was Sputnik a thing that was relevant at the time, or was that like the the like decades before? I mean, that was that was in the '60s, wasn't it? Or that? Yeah, I think that was in the '60s. It wasn't that relevant, but oh, yeah. it, that's kind of what right. people I, think of. I think I have no concept of time. Decades pass before my eyes. I am immortal. Help me. <laughs> Yeah, in my mind, it was in the 80s, and I have no idea why, other than I probably only heard it referenced at some point in an 80s movie. We are children who do not care about the world, and we are completely detestable. Oh, I tried to post an image there, but Sputnik was launched uh, October 4th, 1957 at 7.28 p.m., uh, whatever time zone that is. Wow, that's super old. Uh, it might be a reference to Cosmos 954, a reconnaissance satellite launched by the Soviet Union in 1977. A malfunction prevented safe separation of its onboard nuclear reactor. When the satellite reentered the Earth's atmosphere the following year, it scattered radioactive debris over northern Canada prompting an extensive cleanup operation known as Operation Morning Light. Well, this is educational. <laughs> what well, We always learn something on these podcasts, and, and the, we always come up with new questions. And my question is, why was a cleanup operation given a code name, Operation Morning Light? Why not call it Operation Cleanup the Radiation in Canada from Russia, you know? People who get to name things like them to sound cool. Uh, like yeah, the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad. But that's a genuinely good name, thank you. And it's very descriptive of what we're doing. And and it's an Operation, acronym. Operation Clint's Free Time. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I would not describe us as a squad so much as a fam. Operation Super Nintendo Exploration Fam, or OSNAF. I'm calling it OSNAF from now on. Um, I want to talk about the music, because the music in this game is is surprisingly good. Specifically, the one that plays in the Icy Caves. Um, it's it's a nice... Yes. Game. Yeah, it's a good song. I'm going to play it, play right, it right now. now. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> it has a very... It has a little, like, slow start to it that's very, like, ambient and in the background and you don't really think about it. And then all of a sudden it just kicks in and you're just jamming out. And, and it has uh, the motif from White Christmas, so it's also a Christmas song.
so that's nice. Oh, nice. I wonder how many of the uh, songs in this were remixes of Christmas songs, because I don't commit a lot of Christmas music to memory as a means of maintaining my sanity. <laughs> I, I've listened to a lot of Christmas music this year, and I would say there were only, like, three. There, there were enough of the. I thought... Okay, so I played this game a long time ago, and I hadn't mentioned that. I, I have this memory of this game being an endless bunch of mazes that I could never get through, and then Christmas music remixes. And the mazes are a lot less complicated now that my brain has developed, and the music is only like 30% Christmas music, so it, it's kind of interesting. But yeah, no, most of the music I don't think is Christmas music. Most of it is not, so... I do want to say that I have a very negative reaction to Christmas music in general. Like, uh, Clint had me over for a Christmas celebration, was it two, day two days ago? And I actually made him turn the Christmas music off, because I worked retail for long enough that it is burned into my brain. Uh, but I just want to applaud Clint for finding a way to tricking me into listening to Christmas music anyway via making me play this game. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Did you... Can you walk us through that conversation? Sorry, what conversation? I just want, can you walk us through, like, just... I want to be a fly on the wall. How do you How do you approach your brother about, hey, this this music? It's really bumming me out. Well, in the past, I've been kind of a huge jerk about it. I'll be like, oh, God, turn it off. But this time... Thankfully, I am dating somebody who uh, works in a bar and has to listen to Christmas music all the time, so I could use him as an excuse. Like, hey, could you turn this off? Um, Adam really doesn't like it. <laughs> well, you were nice about it, and I, I do it every year because I'm a dick. Um, I always turn the Christmas music on because I want to get, like, two songs in. But to be honest, I am sick of Christmas music at this point, and it's really... Alicia likes... My wife likes Christmas music a lot, and I have, I, I had to be at one point like, can we please turn this off? I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm going to die. So I think I was just trying to inflict that upon you. That's crazy. I had no idea that you got gotten tired of Christmas music. Yeah, kind of. What were we talking about? I don't know. Christmas music. I'm burned out on it. I'm burned out on it. <laughs> Unless it's non-vocal. I'm okay with, like, like you know, your classical stuff that doesn't have anybody singing, or even choruses are okay. But, God, no crooners, please fucking kill me. If I hear Frank Sinatra one more time, I am going to... to... Will, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all want to... Uh, did anybody, aside from me, happen to check out the cutting room floor on this? No, no, you okay, should tell us I've, all about that. I absolutely will. There, I found some very interesting stuff, and it's a shame Tulpa is currently on tech support right now, but they can always listen to the podcast later. Uh, okay, so uh, there's one regular old hidden message, and message, um, and then there's several uh, quotes from famous people that are put in the game, just like hidden away where no one can find them, um, save for cutting room floor people. And I'm going to read those now if y'all would like that. 
I would like that. I would like to be clear. So what, what the cutting room floor is, they find uh, data in a game that you can't access within the game. So that could be like graphics that never got used. And in this case, it sounds like text that's in the, the data, but never actually used anywhere. So uh, with that explanation, I say go ahead. Okay. Uh, it says here, hold on, let me move Discord aside so I can read this stuff. Okay, uh, the first quote that was found here, well, okay, here's one quote that just says in all caps, this is the only information contained on this page. Um, that's maybe not so important. <laughs> there's another one that said, there's another one that's a, a slightly modified quote from Richard Schickel, not familiar, uh, with the, uh, with the, the quote, any dramatic game the producers want us to take seriously as a representation of contemporary reality cannot be taken seriously as a representation of anything, except a game to be ignored by anyone capable of sitting upright in a chair and chewing gum simultaneously. That strikes me as a very self-burn kind of thing. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's really weird. Uh, I, th go on, sorry. Uh, I want to say Shickles, this guy that shows up on, uh, or a film critic that shows up on, like, Eastwood commentaries all the time, or he did before he died. He's generally a pompous asshole. <laughs> um, Seems like most film critics uh, had a very bad I, perspective on games. I'm guessing that quote was originally about films, though, because if it was modified, I'm curious. I could believe it. Um, let's see. Uh, would you like me to move on to the next quote, or are we still talking about Shickle? I say go for it. Okay. Shickle. He wrote a biography of Clint Eastwood. He is that guy. His readings are very facile. Oh, dear. That's all. <laughs> I won't go on. Okay, so a quote from Dave Barry from Christmas Shopping, A Survivor's Guide, is, Now you're ready for the actual shopping. Your goal should be to get it over with as quickly as possible, because the longer you stay in the mall, the longer your children will have to listen to holiday songs on the mall public address system. And many of these songs can damage children emotionally. For example, Frosty the Snowman is about a snowman who befriends some children, plays with them until they learn to love him, then melts. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is about a young reindeer who, because of a physical deformity, is treated as an outcast by the other reindeer. Then along comes good old Santa. Does he ignore the deformity? Does he look past Rudolph's nose and respect Rudolph for the sensitive reindeer he is underneath? No. Santa asks Rudolph to guide his sleigh, as if Rudolph were nothing more than some kind of headlight with legs and a tail. So unless you want your children exposed to this kind of insensitivity, you should shop quickly. See, Dave Barry so, was apparently woke. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Dave Barry was an SJW. Uh, this time to rewatch that that uh, sitcom they made based on his columns. Actually, probably don't do that. I think Dave Starring Barry. the guy from Night Court. Larry Davidson. Judge Reinhold. <laughs> it's just a name I know. <laughs> okay, and uh, the last quote uh, before the, the, I mean, the last of the quotes from famous people is from Shirley Temple, who said, I stopped believing in Santa Claus when I was six. Mother took me to see him in a department store, and he asked for my autograph. 
That's such a great quote. Oh, that's killer. It's a pretty great quote. Yeah. Okay, I wait, did we lose anyone just now? We lost Moon Manland. You still there? Moon? Uh, I think so. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, you you kind of vanished for a second. Okay, so this last uh hidden data is the last bit of hidden data is in Danish and I can't really pronounce it, but thankfully it has a translation that just says I love you, Sonia. And that's pretty cute. Occasionally you see little messages to loved ones hidden away in games, uh, except for that one time where you you find uh, a message hidden away in a game where the person goes on a rant about how much they hate everyone in the office. That does happen. Um, yeah, this I, one... I, I on, think, no, I was going to say, I think that's in... Uh, there's, a, there's a terrible rant in a Tetris game on the N64, I think, if I'm not I'm mistaken. I'm thinking of... I think the game I'm thinking of is Lost Word of Jenny from the NES. Oh, weird. So there's... Okay, yeah, there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, pr- uh, programmers get really frustrated sometimes. Yes. But, but uh, the... Um, the little confession, or maybe not confession, but maybe just a uh, shout to Curry's cat. That's my sister's cat. She is extremely loud and fucking annoying all the time. I love cats, <laughs> but I hate this cat. I'm so sorry. She is all the way across the apartment, and she is yelling because her mom left for the day, and is going to be back later. But she's going to complain anyway. Um, but yeah, okay, so. Oh, before we move on, everybody be quiet for like two seconds. I'm going to make Google speak this in Norwegian so we can have a good translation. So, be okay. quiet. <laughs> a good translation. I, you can't hear it, but it, it Google's voice translation of this is terrible. It sounds like, yeah, so that's what we've got. <laughs> that sounds like probably what Danish actually sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, like the shit in Twin Peaks where you, where you reverse somebody's speech. Yeah, that that's exactly what it sounds like. Spoilers that's exactly what Peaks. I was gonna say. No. I mean, I've heard from Norwegians that Danish just sounds like drunk Norwegian. <laughs> a, a lot of people seem to not like the Danes, and I've also heard from Danes that Norwegian sounds like uh, hyperactive gibberish. So. Ooh. Remember the line from Beowulf about recalling the Spear Danes and their... What? What? Blah, blah, blah. Spear Danes and their drunken slurred speech. Uh, they're total losers who have their their uh, hoopties up on uh, blocks, was it? Yeah. That sounds about right. That's a modern translation, though. It was like the, like, 10th century equivalent of hoopties. Somebody's going to have to explain hoopties to me. It's probably best that a white person never explain hoopties. Oh dear. Um, so uh, I still have a bit actually to mention about the I love you Sonia message if, if everyone's okay with that. Go for it. Okay, so... I th- when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cute, but also this Sonya of theirs is probably never going to see this because it's hidden away in the game. I always wonder why people do this and stuff like that. 
Um, but then I realized that whoever was working on this bit of the code clearly uh, was thinking about their wife or girlfriend or something a whole lot because Sonya pops up two other times in the game. Uh, the name Sonya shows up in the credits at the very top of the uh, special thanks list of people. And also, Sonya is the top name on the credit or on the the scoreboard. If uh, oh, hold on, I can oh, Clint's popping it up now. There's the the credits. Sonya's at the very top of uh, the best regards to, and there she is. Oh, sorry, no, she's not the top. She's second to Santa Claus. And last is Joni Mitchell, which is that like a musician? Yeah. That's... Oh my God! Really. That's a familiar name. Who's Joni Mitchell? Uh, a musician, yes. Let's just go with that. All right. <laughs> I mean, she is. She is a musician, yes. I like special thanks to Skynet. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, there it is. Skynet, and, and then next is Mac. And then after that is Cheese and Inger. Special thanks to Cheese and Inger. Yes. I think those are cat names. That was my thought, too. That's definitely a cat. You don't name a dog Cheese, do you? I would name a dog Cheese. I would I'm going to do I'm going to get a dog and do it. Hold on. I think my cat is eating things. Probably eating Cheese. Who names their cat Skynet, though? <laughs> Somebody's named their cat Skynet. You know that. I'm gonna, Skynet I'm gonna, is a great cat name. I'm going to rename my cats, both my cats, Skynet. Skynet 1 and Skynet 2, or just Skynet and Skynet? No, just, just Skynet. Skynet. Just, no, they have separate names, but together they are Skynet. Cheese and Inger, I, but together they are Skynet. I found him. He was eating my sister's 3DS. <laughs> I Very actually good. think all of the special saints are cats. <laughs> yes. Especially either, Sonya. Either Sonya is a cat, or Sonya is a woman that had no idea this person existed. Like... I'll accept this, that. This game, this game is uh, evidence I mean, of a troubling pathology. <laughs> I mean, both could be true. Sonia could be a cat who has no idea that this person exists. This game prefigures Gamergate in surprising ways. God damn it. <laughs> so, okay, here's the problem with scoreboards always, is that we can never find out who is truly last on the scoreboard, because you get a score, and then it goes away. So somebody has to get less than 10,000 points, lose all their lives, and see what the scoreboard is. Wait, is there an attract mode in this game? Maybe we can see the untarnished scoreboard in attract mode. There are attract modes. They're uh, just gameplay, but I never saw a scoreboard come up. And I don't think the plot ever comes up either. You just know that you only know really from the Wikipedia, I think, and, you know, presumably the manual that I'm playing cutscene. Yeah, I read a whole poem. No, that's when you start the game. Yeah, but that's the plot. Oh, yes, you're right. I am sorry. My mistake. Um, Though uh, I do find it interesting that the plot mentions that Christmas has been like taken over or something like that by a snowman who is the first boss the and the, it does mention uh the timekeeper or whatever which is the second boss but it doesn't mention anything about the rest of the bosses it doesn't explain why in the very end you're fighting mr weather aside from the fact that weather has always been like santa's number one enemy 
doesn't explain why it has a face. I think because they, hmm, I wonder because they they use Louse as as the main villain, but it no it, like that like you you guys keep saying that, but I'm just Louse is just a term for a shitty person. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're describing the snowman. Well, I think they're describing the Mister Weather, and that Mister Weather is supposed to be like surprise. It's Mister Weather. <laughs> Well, maybe so, I misread that, but it's Mr. Weather like... is actually a cloud of lice. Yes, that's what it is. Yep. <laughs> did Did anybody read the manual um, that that I included? It's for the Sega Genesis version, which is the only one I could found. Oh, oh, it's got a oh, different I translation. That you, I always forget you. Wait, what? It has a different translation for the for the story. And and it says, "'Twas the days before Christmas, and while Santa slept in his house, an evil plot was brewing, created by Louse the Mouse." Oh, n- oh, it's it's just completely different. I'm gonna read this whole thing. Are you ready? <laughs> Go for it. All right. So that was the first line. So Louse the Mouse. There is a giant mouse that shows up, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So that is a character. Wow. I was mistaken. Sorry again. No, I mean, it doesn't say it in the actual game, so it's confusing. Anyway, a motley crew of creatures took part in the twisted plan, including Mr. Weather, the mouse, and the evil snowman. All across the wide world, his elves were hardworking, operating special machines made just for toy-making. Very good rhyme. Uh, when the cold, evil <laughs> snowman scared all the elves away, the timekeeper stole parts from machines that same day. But for the vicious mouse, this wasn't enough. I'll show them. I'm going to play rough. He stole the kid's presents and cursed them with a spell. And that's when Santa woke up, sensing all was not well. All the elves are gone and Christmas draws near, but there's much worse than that to fear. Give Santa the potion to drink and he'll change. He'll become anti-claws on a rampage of rage. He'll break the toys he'll ignore his good work could it be santa is just a fat jerk oh, oh shit. shit yes <laughs> yes you must help santa find his way fix all the toys and take off in his sleigh through 24 levels you'll put up a fight can you help save christmas let's find out tonight so there you go uh i have another question for moon pantaloons what's up um has Clint's flow always been this impeccable? His flow? Oh, his sweet, sweet rhyme? Yes. Uh, yeah, he crushes on the regs. <laughs> on the regs? That is, that's good to hear. I'm, uh, I can't believe that Days Before Christmas is the very first game to have a complex and flawed protagonist. <laughs> well, I mean, there was Sonic the Hedgehog before this. He's very complex. It's true. He 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 craves speed. <laughs> I crave speed, said Sonic. I must go as fast as possible. So, speaking of Sonic, why did this game take like its model for movement physics from Sonic, and then design all the levels so you absolutely do not want to take advantage of that? 
Oh, yeah. You know, way back in the beginning of this podcast, I was going to talk about that because this feels like a beginner game because, like, the camera is completely centered on Santa Claus. His speed is way too fast and enemies will just fly off the side of the screen directly into your face because you can't see any goddamn thing. There's a ton of blind leaps as well. You have to make this leap of faith because you can't see anything. And it's very possible that you're just going to die. I mean, it's it's the camera particularly is a nightmare. Like, it's the opposite of the Mario World camera it's just completely centered on on santa claus is terrible it's terrible did anybody notice maybe i just played it badly somehow but on the second level i could have sworn i had just killed myself by jumping off a cliff and then it was like congratulations you cleared the level yes. yeah there are two levels like that it's it's the completion hole. <laughs> I want it. needs of, to be called completion of, hole forever. <laughs> I think that those are like this and the uh, the present delivering stages. I considered to be a sort of uh, bonus levels, but I'm pretty sure you can also lose at those and have to start over. So I don't know if this game really knows how to do bonus levels either. I do appreciate that it tried to be, uh, have a diversity of level design, though, because the platforming is all a little samey, and if it weren't for those, then this would be a lot more monotonous. Yeah, it's nice that you get to deliver presents once in a while. It's nice that there's a... Because a lot of levels are long, and not... I, like, I did, the best term is, is not so much mazy, but more, um... Fucking... What, what's the Minotaur live in? What's that called? A circuit. It's a labyrinth. It's no, 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 Tulpa's wrong. It's definitely not called that. <laughs> well, it's very labyrinthian, because you end up... It's really a straight no, labyrinth. That's not, that's, not, that's not what that means. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not a maze. It's lab. It's a, like a labyrinth, because there's no diversion between... Like, you uh, have to go in a straight line. It's just very circuitous. Uh, I'm labyrinth sorry. is not a word. I'm sorry, it's pronounced labyrinthos. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. It's pronounced oh, starring right. Jennifer Connelly. Oh. The Minotaur starring Jennifer Connelly. Will she get covered well, she in bugs? In the movie. That's she wasn't not a in the word movie either. Labyrinth. So the only episode of this podcast that I've listened to now is the previous one about a clock tower, and now I'm wondering if just it's secretly a podcast about Jennifer Connelly. I want to just oh, it's not a secret. Yeah, uh, we are trying to name drop Jennifer Connelly every episode until she guest stars. I, That's I, fair. I will be inviting her. I also want to want to point out that you did call it a clock tower, which would be a very different name for this game, for the game clock tower. It's just called a <laughs> clock tower. <laughs> Any clock tower. There's just one. <laughs> just the one. I mean, there is only one, but still. <laughs> Makes it sound much more generic. Um, well, maybe all they, clock they towers all are exactly like the game Clock Tower. Yes, exactly. They all have scissor men in them. Oh, no. That's scary. Well, yeah, I guess I'm not uh, visiting Big Ben. They all have giant flammable slug babies. <laughs> That's my new band, Giant Flammable Slug Babies. Nope, that joke is never funny. <laughs> 
I mean, I found it funny this time, but... Well, that's good. <laughs> hey, maybe it's funny when you're very questioning of your own humor. <laughs> okay, so, um, let's see. We went over the, 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 the secret data mind stuff. We've... What have we not mentioned in this game? The option screen, which has two options of note, one of which is difficulty, easy, normal, hard. That's very nice. I think that the, I think that the biggest I didn't try it. I'm assuming that the biggest difference on hard is that your health doesn't replenish between levels because there are certain uh, design decisions where sometimes you'll get health right before the end of a level um, and then your health replenishes so you're like why the fuck I'm assuming hard doesn't do that but the other interesting thing is that you can change the amount of time you get as anti-claws from 10 seconds uh, to 20 or 30 seconds I thought that was weird what a weird thing to just give to the player that's interesting I mean anti-claws is really up and so you're making the order for yourself doing that yeah, I think as a, 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 but it's, it's a mixed punishment. You know, you, you get less points. That's the big thing. You get less points because you don't collect as many presents, but you're invincible. So you can just walk through enemies. That reminds me, um, speaking of a power up that doesn't really do much for you and keeps you from collecting presents, uh, the three main goals besides finishing levels and just beating the game are, um, collecting the presents, saving the elves, and saving the reindeer. None of these are actually required. You can run through the levels and ignore the presents. You don't have to rescue the reindeer that are trapped behind ice walls. And you don't have to rescue the elves. Like, nothing actually matters aside from getting to the goal. It's very strange, in my opinion. And also surprisingly lenient considering some other games we've played where they demand something slightly unreasonable from you. I didn't realize those were supposed to be reindeer because they're so fucking huge. They're like elk. (laughs) Elk are reindeer, aren't they? I don't think... Ah. Mm. Mm. Uh, They're so big. They're really big. They're so giant. Reindeer are tiny. They're small. Are they? No, reindeer and caribou are the same thing. Reindeer are the size of a dog, a a slightly large dog. (laughs) Reindeer are thimble-sized. If you ever see a shot of a reindeer, you could put a quarter next to it, and the quarter would tower over that reindeer. Reindeer are microscopic. Look, um, I'm looking... At Google now, it claims that a male reindeer, an adult male reindeer, is 350 to 400 pounds, but Tulpa thinks Labyrinth is a real world. So I don't know if I should trust any uh, corroborating evidence. That's a good point. Uh, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I still insist labyrinth is a real word and it means something. I'm not sure what. Maybe it means Christmas. Maybe the real labyrinth was the... (laughs) (laughs) I... Hold on. There's a... I have a chart that shows the size of various deers. Ungulates. 
Yeah, that. Um, hold on. Let me post it in chat because it's not complete, which is frustrating me. Wait, did you confuse the reindeer with that uh, Japanese deer, the Sika deer? All deer are Sika deer. A reindeer is a dick dick. I was, you know, when I grew up, we had elk hounds and people would call them moose dogs. And I was really confused by that until I found out about the whole, like, what we called moose are only in North America and what we or yeah, what what we call elk or cult, or what we call, what am I saying? What we call moose, what we call, I'm kill- going to die. <laughs> uh, I, I want to replace all reindeer that Santa uses in my mind with Irish elk, because holy shit, that is huge. Where you come say- from, uh, elk are called cheese fish, is that what you're trying to say? Yes. They're what called was- Jesus fish? fish. Sorry, it, it's a terrible reference. No one will understand it. I won't explain it. Uh, the, the, what we call moose are called elk in Europe, and what we call elk are because Europeans that immigrated came over or who had only heard stories of elk went, holy shit, that's a really giant deer, and that went, I guess that must be an elk. So they started calling Wapiti elk, and then when they ran into moose, they needed something to call them, so they started calling them moose. So elk hounds were used to hunt what we call moose. So people in my family called them moose dogs. I'm very happy that I went on this tangent. Um, I love it. uh, It's Christmas. Bitches. So okay, I'm I, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. Oh my god, we're just posting images of very small <laughs> ungulates here. Uh, a reindeer, according to Wikipedia, shoulder height is typically thirty-three to fifty-nine inches. So at max, they are about six feet tall. So the a big reindeer is six feet tall. That the deer in this the the elk are uh, unless Santa is less than is exactly six feet tall, I guess. Those things are really big. And Santa's Santa's an elf, so Santa's pretty small, you know? In, in the poem, they're clearly called no, eight sa- tiny reindeer. Thank eight you. Eight tiny reindeer. No, I figured it out. Uh, Santa is a hobbit, and the coffee cups are just Shire Juice, and that's why he turns into anti-claws. Yeah, it's the Shire Juice, and he's a hobbit. There we go. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent too much time on this. Is is Anticlaus actually the gaffer? Anticlaus is when uh, Frodo puts the ring on, and just like in the books, Lord of the Rings turns evil and starts whacking people with his sack. Because that's what happens. Lord of the Rings, Volume 4, Sack Whacking. <laughs> Did you know that if a living thing is at least six feet tall, it Im- it uh, naturally has an inclination to take it to the hoop. <laughs> and if a living creature is eight feet tall, it collapses into a black hole of meat, a meat hole. That is that is also true and horrifying. And then you can finish any level by just walking into that hole. Mm-hmm. Yep, the meat singularity.
I uh, still have one more little detail in this game that I enjoyed because I figure we're kind of starting to run on towards that hour of recording time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm 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 happy to to do whatever. I, I'm I was going to go until we ran out of things to talk about, or I, I got impatient. But go ahead. What's your detail? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean to take priority over everyone else. Everyone can live here for the rest of their lives in this one recording if you want. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, sorry. The detail that I was that I uh, actually rather liked in this game was the uh, the 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 screen that shows up when it's counting how many levels you've been through is an advent calendar, and I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, that's really cute. I liked that, especially because I'm a big fan of advent calendars. <laughs> and each little door opens. Everybody opened. likes getting little bits of presents every day. It's so good. I still don't know what an advent calendar is, honestly. Oh, uh, an advent calendar. An advent calendar is a little like kind of box where there are there's a flap on it for each day of the month of December, and on every day you pick the number of the day. You open it up, and inside is a little chocolate and usually a little picture, and that is like your little surprise for the day. And you just do that every day of the month, and like it's it's a very cute little thing. Oh, kids! The kids love it. To explain to Clint, uh, I was raised as an Eastern European heathen, and we have never had advent calendars, so it's or completely chocolate. alien to me. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I love that. Advent calendars are great. There's some dispute because there's 24 numbers on there, right? And it, you know, it's up counting down to Christmas. Well, that's the dispute. Are you opening number one on the first, or are you opening number 24 on the first because you're counting down and there's 24 days till Christmas, right? Absolutely. Oh, that's the real controversy. This should not be a controversy. It's very straightforward in my mind. And which side do you fall on? It's a countdown, because otherwise, like, if it was a count up, okay, I, I just realized I have no logic behind my reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the realization. I should also point out, this is why the game is named Days Before Christmas, because it's literally playing through the days before Christmas. Oh, I thought it was because Santa was getting high. <laughs> just get, getting All high on that juice. juice. Yeah. <laughs> but if this is an advent calendar and it's a countdown or up or whatever to Christmas, why the hell is he delivering presents like in the middle of December? You got to remember that time runs differently. Okay, I'm going to get into some Steins Gate lore here. Time about, runs differently about, for Santa Claus. I thought it was just time zones, you know? He's delivering individual little chocolates for each day. Okay, but if we're criticizing the realism of this game, I have to say... Uh, as an Eastern European heathen, uh, no one in Eastern Europe gives a shit about Santa Claus. We have something better. Uh, we worship an ice demon called Grandfather Frost. Yes. Delpa, this was made by Norwegians. Yes, but they deliver presents to Russia. Oh, okay. And Russian, they care about Deed Moroz, the ice demon. The ancient ice wizard who uh, just causes all the frost to happen in the world. Also, he has a very attractive granddaughter who uh, dies as soon as she feels love. <laughs> wow. Like all, all women. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm, I'm dead. I felt love and now I'm dead. 
Yeah, that's that's like actually the folktales about her. So uh, I wanted to drop some of this ethnic lore in uh, the podcast because uh, Russians don't have Santa. I mean, they might now because uh, Americanization of the universe, but still. Coca-Cola! No, it's because of this game specifically. Yeah, it is because of this game, yes. This game this game explicitly delivered Santa to all of the PAL territories, but not America or Japan. <laughs> Why haven't my Russian co-workers told me about the Ice Demon? They're afraid <laughs> yeah. of the Ice Demon. When you talk about the Ice Demon, the Ice Demon may appear. It's like Bloody Mary. I was going to go with you Beetlejuice, personally. Oh, okay, well. Like, they could is... explain it to you, but they can't explain it to two more people in the same day, or he will appear. Okay, that's a great question about Beetlejuice. <laughs> is it is it limited? <laughs> because if I say Beetlejuice today, and then a year from now I say Beetlejuice, and another year from now I say Beetlejuice, does that summon him? What are the rules? Is there a cooldown period in between Beetlejuices? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought as soon as it came out of my mouth. I'm like, wait a minute, what is the time limit on Beetlejuice? And more appropriate to Christmas, what is... Does do not feed gremlins after midnight mean? Yeah, that's a great, great Come question. On. Did I mean, they not explain? Like, did they not give it like a time limit, like dawn or something? No, I just rewatched it, and it is don't feed gremlins after midnight. And it's like, so just yeah, like it's always after midnight. Yeah, so they just starve to death because you can't feed them. Well, maybe they don't need to eat. Maybe they maybe well, that kind of works out in everyone's favor, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of. Who the f- like? Uh, who the fuck made gremlins? <laughs> they're so they're so bad. Presumably weird old Chinese men, because that seems to be the uh, racist Oriental bullshit that the movie went for. Sure did. Oh, yeah, you're right. I haven't watched that movie since I was a kid, but now I'm picturing it. I'm like, oh no. Everything from your childhood is filled with horrible stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I'm just usually surprised by the specific stereotypes when I remember them suddenly. Everything from your adulthood is filled with horrible stereotypes you don't recognize yet. <laughs> Not mine. I only watch Schwarzenegger movies. Oh, there's nothing wrong with those, that's for sure. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I don't consume any media except Super Nintendo games, so... We're fine well, here. What, I'm, what I'm really upset about with Arnold Schwarzenegger is just the stereotyping of uh, kindergarten cops. Yeah, you know, kindergarten cops are really like, the, they, they uphold our society, you know? They do, and they're just such a marginalized group. <laughs> oh, God. All these cops going to kindergartens and making perfectly good uh, provisional kindergarten t- teachers while they investigate murders. And Kindergarten Cop just makes them look like big Austrian buffoons. Exactly. They're not all Austrians, and they're not all buffoons. <laughs> they are either Austrians or buffoons, to be fair. One or the other, but not both. Not all, not all squares are rectangles, and not all Austrians are buffoons. I almost said not all Australians, which would be a, a terrible mistake. I just remembered another fun detail with this was that, um, so we know this was made by Funcom, 
uh, its publisher was uh, the U.S. division of Sunsoft. Not specifically the Japanese uh, division, but the U.S. division. This was, I believe, the last, if not one of the last games that the U.S. division released before they were shut down. Or before they just stopped releasing games themselves. Um, which seems like that would be a good time to shut down. Um, <laughs> and... I find that hilarious because this didn't come out in America. This only came out in, like, PAL territories. So, maybe that's why the U.S. division couldn't, like, didn't release any more games after that. Because they forgot to release it in their own division. This is the monster party of Christmas. So, actually, that brings up an interesting point. I don't know how well any of the emulators uh, actually like does it auto detect pal does this game run at 50 frames per second and we all played it at 60 frames per second because that would explain some of the wow he's way too fast kind of thing oh, oh that's an interesting point no uh emulators definitely detect pal uh if this game uh this game was definitely running at 50 frames per second sorry to ruin uh your belief that we were unfairly uh, treated by the emulator. It's a shame that no one was able to disprove what you just said now, Clint, so we're all just going to have to keep that bit of mystery for the rest of our lives. <laughs> I can hear Tulpa, okay? <laughs> just because... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I did have a mystery, though. Um, even though we don't do categories, there's... I can't find the other one, but each level has uh, an interstitial. Like, it, it shows you sort of a preview of the level to come with this hand, not hand-drawn, but specific background that it's that they've created. It's really nice, actually. The graphics in that spot are really cool. But two of them, and I can only find one, have Santa Claus in a bubble. Um, and in fact, I think the, the second one, one of them's called Blue Magic. That's the name of the level. The other one, I think, is called Magic Bubbles. But I must not have taken a screenshot of it. Oops. Magic Bubbles is a level it's a level with no bubbles in it. Yeah. And I don't know why the level with Blue Magic is titled that, because that's just what he shoots out of his hands every level. See, I think that there was supposed to be a thing where you jump into a bubble and float around, and it didn't make it, but they'd already made the art, so they were like, fuck it, just use it anyway. <laughs> this reminds me. It's delightful. Go on, sorry. I am putting... Because this is a visual medium, I am putting a picture into the chat. There he is. There's that angry, angry Auntie Claus. And there's Santa with his extremely long white pompadour. <laughs> Santa with an extremely, I believe it's in, it's in the, um, like, tile set that use, is used for the magic things, which is this vaguely orientalist thing i don't know there's magic carpets involved but oh, i thought there was an aurora borealis there are these oh wait no the there's actual carpets sorry i'm interrupting go on yeah you do you jump on carpets for transportation but there are also these mad little rocks that just sort of like i think they make a noise and then they jump through the air and if you can kill them i never figured out how um but at one point, you th th there are these pedestals. Uh, 
pedestals. I don't really... Uh, they look like phalluses. They look like stylized phalluses. And I think the first time you encounter this strange phallic shape with a... It's with a mad rock man sitting in its tip that eventually ejaculates out towards you intent on murder. Um, and I just wanted to uh, touch on this in this cheerful, very cute holiday kidsy game. There are uh, dick seats for murder rocks. And it's possible that like Chester Cheetah, uh, Santa is at war with the powers of generation. Not just possible, but probable. Because, probable. yeah, more kids, more presents. Get rid of that generation. And then, uh, you know, Santa's job is easier. No, I, I noticed that. See, I don't read. I don't particularly read that as phallic. It looks like a cooking pot on top of a pedestal. Um, but then you put the. Oh, go ahead. You're wrong. <laughs> okay, it's definitely a dick. You're wrong on Christmas. I'm always wrong on Christmas. I may be virtuous, Clint, but that's just my name. Okay. It, I it, think it, the it, word we were looking for is plinth. Penis plinth. Virtual plinth? Virtu virtuous plinth. There it is. No, no, it's just, it's just a base supporting a vase. Right? Like, that's what I see when I look at it. It's clearly a plinth, and it's not some kind of horrible phallus that assaults Santa's senses. It's always a horrible phallus. Is there another kind of phallus? Thank you, Sigmund Freud, both it's... of you. <laughs> Sometimes a phallus is just a phallus. Thank you for Tell saying that. Because I was going to. <laughs> I... I missed my timing, but I wanted to follow up Tulpa's Freud comment with tell me about Courier's mother. Hi, Courier's mom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only miss. So we, okay, we've got a phallus and we've got, potentially there should have been bubbles in this game, but there weren't. I think that's, that's we, we could have had a whole mystery topic. Good God. What I was think it's possible, I think it's possible that Santa is jealous of natural fecundity, and that's why he makes so many toys and forces them on children. He's like, appreciate my shit. I can't bear children. I'm a magically sterile elf man. But, but I'm very fucks. jolly. Yeah, he definitely fucks. I mean, he, he fucks. He just despises fucking as a reproductive act. I think that Santa Claus is actually um, can, can actually reproduce asexually, and that's where the elves come from. So when he needs a new elf, he just chops off one of his toes, and it turns into a miniature version of him that makes toys. Does that mean the elves will all eventually become Santas? Uh, no, because it's different. <laughs> You're different. Maybe maybe they will grow into Santas if they're allowed to reach a certain age, so he, ha he calls them regularly. 
Yeah. Or it's like uh, like what they do to uh, child actors where they just give them chemicals that keep them from hitting puberty. Or maybe it's like what they do to watermelons in Japan and he puts them in little cube boxes to grow up, but that's why they're so small. Hey, Kenichi Sonata. Or Castrados. Oh, yeah. As as they're referencing child abuse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That like isn't that where they wanted opera singers with high high voices, but who are also dudes, and so they cut off their they castrated them. Is that true? Yeah, okay. that is correct. And uh, there's only two recordings of them extant before uh, the practice was pretty much entirely stopped. And one of them, people do not believe that that person was actually a castrato. Interesting. Oh, we're getting some good history here. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Lots of things seemed reasonable a hundred years ago. The gift of castration history. <laughs> I mean, there's also the uh, entire Russian cults, the Stropsies, who uh, ritually castrated themselves uh, because they thought the original sin was genitals. I see. I get I that. Love these people. I mean, anytime I ever see somebody's balls, I just say, "How dare you!" <laughs> there was. Oh God! Okay, so I, I'm not I'm not like you, Tulpa and Shrug. When I read things, I only remember the faintest details about them. But I believe there was a sect that, uh, like a, a, a Roman cult, that worshipped a god of a goddess of fertility, and somehow they interpreted that as castrating themselves was how they worshipped the goddess of fertility. I don't know how that I don't know how you reach that conclusion honestly. So, the history of castration, episode 1 <laughs> starting now. <laughs> All right. What is Christmas except an act of castration by uh capitalism now? Thank you. No. I was saying yeah. before this podcast this is the most leftist podcast about super nintendo games i'm very confident claiming that especially now that we're critiquing capitalism on today december 23rd I don't to be fair we're not uh to be fair we're not critiquing capitalism particularly well <laughs> it is a That's it true. is a naive ca cri criticism i think i was gonna say i don't need capitalism i get castrated every day of my life Literally. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't realize that was more than a one-time deal. I have a, I have an intense growth rate. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Curry's a, a plant that can be castrated. Curry might be a Santa. I... <laughs> All right. Oh, this I... is the podcast where we out Curry as a Santa. One of many. Do we have anything more to say about this game or castration or capitalism? Santa's really cute. He's pretty yeah. cute. Uh, yeah. Santa is adorable in this. Uh, honestly, I don't know if anyone's... I'm sure someone's mentioned it, but all of the sprite art in this is very charming. It's too bad this game is unbearable. I mean, it's great. Everyone should play. I'm not saying any mean things about this game. <laughs> 
I mean, don't play it. It's not that good. It's not long, which I think is its saving grace. Uh, but Santa is very cute, and if you duck, he climbs into his own hat and peers out from underneath, and it is the cutest and completely useless. It has it, it, absolutely no implications on how you would play the game, but it looks... It's so cute. Doesn't it? Doesn't it give you iframes? I... I'm not sure if it gives you iframes. What I do know is that it completely fucks with your jump since your jump is very dependent on your uh, momentum. So if you're ducking and then you try to jump afterwards, you will make like no forward momentum. Oh, yeah. Momentum is really odd in this game, too, because it's not depending on actually like like in real life momentum depends on your momentum in this game it depends on how long you've been running even if you're slamming up against a wall you have full momentum when you jump which is really awkward like there was one spot i thought i had soft locked the game because there was a very short platform on the right side with a wall next to it and then a platform that was a decent height to the left of it and so what I was doing was jumping up. I got on, stuck there, too. Yeah, it took me, like, three minutes to get out. So I would jump up onto the right one and then immediately turn left and jump up left. But he had all this momentum from slamming into the wall, so my left jump would be really, really short. It was it was terrible. So, yeah, the momentum in this game is bizarre. And ducking definitely messes that up. Oh, when you're anti-claws and you duck, you crawl into your bag and look like a big poop, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to say that without crediting your own sister? I'm sorry, I stole that. Yes, Moon Pantaloon said that Santa looks like a poop. Anti-Claus looks like a poop when he climbs into his back. That's fine. I make so many poop references, I don't expect you to credit me every time. Yeah, it's basically like half the things you say. Half the things you say are shortening words, to, <laughs> and half the things are poop references. I'm just trying to keep this horrible, corrupt mess of a pop cast a little honest oh uh i just found which cult you were referring to clint uh on march 24th that is dia sanguinis the day of blood a frenzy of mourning where uh when the devotees whipped themselves to sprinkle the altars and effigy of attis with their own blood some performed the self-castrations of the Gali. the sacred night followed with attis played placed in his ritual tomb were they roman did i get that part right uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, the cult started in Anatolia, and it spread to Rome. Okay, so I was close. I was close. That's good. Okay, great. Now we know. M March 24th, you said? Yeah, are you excited? Well, that's my dad's birthday. Yeah. So you should be extra excited. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, this is context. You can perform the sacred rites. Of golly. <laughs> the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast does not condone the celebration of fathers. <laughs> this oh, is good. true. It's a podcast for me. <laughs> it does condone the celebration of uh, the Days of Blood, though. But but not but not with, with actual blood or castration. Officially, we don't condone making yourself bleed or castrating yourself. Officially. Hey, I'll do what I want with my blood. Oh, that's well, fine. Well, it's mine. I just wanted to say, wink, wink. Yeah, I mean, for legal reasons, <laughs> we don't support those things. Wink, wink. All right. <laughs> I think we've gotten far enough off topic 
said, I'm happy to call this a Merry Christmas episode, a Christmas special, if you will. Unless anybody has Where anything else to say. Special? Where do you think Santa keeps his balls? And that's where we finish up. Well, ho, ho, ho. In his sack. <laughs> in his sack. Thank you. God damn it. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this podcast. <laughs> um... <laughs> Good God. All right. So if you want more stuff like this, uh, where could people find you if they if they want to want to hear you talk about castration and stuff? Uh, wait, I'm just first. <laughs> uh, let's do it in alphabetical order again. So we'll start with you, Shrug. Uh, I'm Shrug at Nub.Zone. Um, I. You are Can not I, a nub.zone. <laughs> I bought nub.zone. I own nub.zone. Damn it. I paid $30 for nub.zone. You paid $30. I could have gotten that cheaper for you. Good God. <laughs> I felt comfortable paying 30 whole dollars for nub.zone. <laughs> In five hasty minutes before I went to work, it. 2 a.m. one morning. Um, I cannot give my usual disclaimer that uh, if you go to uh, at Shrugopolis on Twitter, I would not talk about the things that I talked about on the podcast because castration is definitely one of my enthusiasms. Um, so there's that. I'm Shrug on the forums and I'm sorry. Merry Christmas! I'm Courier Rice. I told you I was Christmas Rice. I lied. My name is Courier Rice. You can find me on the forums as Courier Rice. You can find me on the Twitters as Courier Rice. And I run the snexploration.tumblr.com microblog, where I mostly reblog things and then complain about how Tumblr's setup is not very good. So that's how you know I'm a true Tumblr user. I am Talpa. You can find me on the forums as Talpa. You can find me on Twitter as Memorias Talpa. Once every, like, two months, I try to remember that I should be streaming video games as Toppler on Twitch. And you can find me and Shrug and a few other select button users on our Dungeons and Dragons Allowed. We haven't started our Epic 10 Session series uh dealing with castration cults, but that will probably happen. And no, it won't. Castration, there's literally a, a potential castration incident in my backstory. That is not a joke. Yes, oh my God. yes there that's, is. That's... Um, and oh, I, um, happy Saturnalia. I want to I mention, because you cut out, and I don't feel like making you re-record it, that podcast is called No Rangers Allowed, and it's a D&D podcast, and it's great. It's my favorite D&D podcast right now, so everybody listen to it. All right, uh, go ahead, Moon Pantaloons. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, I am on Twitter as Moon underscore Pantaloons. I've never visited these forums that everyone else is from, so you can't find me there. And I believe I have something like five poorly edited YouTube videos as Moon Pantaloons as well. 
I'm Sakarina. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sakarina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And you can go watch some of the WonderSwan videos that I make every week at swansong.ws. And I have been Virtuous Clint, but you can find me on Twitter as Virtual Clint. Uh, and the, the aforementioned forums, which I don't think I've mentioned yet, is selectbutton.net, uh, where I can also be found as Virtual Clint. Uh, if you like this podcast, please spread the word. Um, tell your... Okay, I wrote this down, and now I'm going to hate myself. Tell your reindeer. Tell your elves. Tell Curry's mom. Just tell anybody that you can get your hands on if you love this podcast, because I want people to hear us talk about castration. Um, leave us reviews on iTunes. If you do, I will read it on the podcast, even if it's really, really mean. Uh, please don't leave mean reviews, but I will read it. Um, for updates and to vote on our next game, follow at Snexploration on Twitter. The schedule is all sorts of fucked up, so by the time you hear this, there's no poll, but next week there will be a poll, so go check that out. Um, if you have questions or you want to just get weird stuff read on the podcast, you can email us at snexploration at gmail.com. That is SN Exploration. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much everywhere we can be found. Um, next week, and I do mean next week, we're playing Mr. Tough. People already voted on this. We already recorded it, but I'm out of town next week, so uh, we, we recorded this bonus podcast. It's another uh, Euro platformer, so that'll be interesting. Uh, great. That one's going up December 31st, so a week from today. Uh, congratulations to you for getting two Snexploration podcasts in two weeks. And I haven't come up with anything for this, so I'm just going to say it's not The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. It's not The Nightmare Before Christmas Boogie's Revenge. It's not Dynamite Decca. Yep, there's not I enough Christmas games. Uh, uh, it's not uh, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, the Rankin-Bass uh, special. Which is amazing and everybody should watch it. It's not Death Smiles 2. It's it's not Elf Bowling. <laughs> there we go. Oh, it's not Touché. it's not Secret of Mana, which also has Santa Claus in it. There we go. Fuck it. Uh, it's not Mary Gear Solid. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to our our uh, Christmas special of the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad. Stay tuned next week for Mr. Tough, and then after that uh, episode, you'll be able to vote on the next game, or maybe I don't know. I don't know how to schedule things. Everybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can vote sometime. And uh, all right. Well, bye. Bye. See you around. I'll have <laughs> Christmas without you. Yeah, if you're going to be a real crooner, you got to get those delays in. I'll have a blue. Oh, God. I'm dead. I've died. No, it's got to go like, I'll have a patient. <laughs> It, like, yep, I got it. Okay, good. Are you cry posting a crooner song? <laughs> I think I was just making the sound of a kazoo. Oh, if I had a kazoo right now, I would play it. It'd be so good, but I don't. Anyway, the, the There's no such thing as a kazoo, Shrug. I can oh, do the same shit. thing. Again. 
I can tell you things don't exist. You just don't have the same conviction in your voice. You're, you're almost there. Oh. You're almost there. Oh. You did. I'm a little counterculture in that I think that all things are true. <laughs> Everything is true. Nothing is a lie. <laughs> oh my god. You genuinely Isn't confused that... me when you told me that Labyrinth wasn't real, by the way. It's not. See, I'm still confused. Alright, I'm, I'm stopping the recording now, so now you can say all the illegal things you wanted to say this whole time. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Connolly is also not real. She is a dream that our heart wished for. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Alright, that's going. That's the first line. Yep. <laughs> that's the first line.